Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support. The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Tis a Wednesday get-together here on Birds 365 with you Mac and Mac guys. McMullen and McDonald here to hang with you. we got a good one planned for you. And uh, one of the guys I'm blaming for the show being a minute late today. Uh, no, the blame actually belongs on me. Because uh, <laughs> yours truly was sitting here checking the latest post on Iggles, I-G-G-L-E-S, Blitz.com. Tommy Lawler, who's been on with us earlier, covered the team for years here in town, now does it on his own on Eagles, EaglesBlitz.com. I was just checking his latest posts, and I looked up the clocks. Oh, shoot, 59. Damn, I'm late. So I had to punch up the uh, video and uh, join my buddy John McMullen for the next two hours. We'll stay a minute late. Sorry, John, you're going to be a minute afterwards because you're going to help me pay the price for being a minute <laughs> late here today. Um, got a bunch of things we're going to discuss over the next two hours, including, as I mentioned, uh, talking to Tommy Lola from Eagles Blitz and our buddy Chris Franklin from NJ.com. No on-the-field legal moves, but they did add another person to their front office. They've had some major uh, defections during the last six months, and they've got to restock and uh, reestablish their front office. And they did add an executive who was here before, correct? Yeah, Matt Russell, who were for years was John Elway's sort of right-hand man um, out in Denver, which a lot of good, but that some bad. 
uh, depending on who you want to talk to. But uh, uh, yeah, he was here, I think, in 2006, uh, somewhere in that range for a number of seasons. So um, obviously some familiarity, although it's been a while. Uh, it's interesting because I talk about these things all the time. Remember what happened in Denver. You know, George George Payton comes in, takes over as general manager. You know, there's probably people in that department who had an extra year on their contract, and that's sort of what happens. And, and now it ends, and you're available, and the Eagles have had significant attrition and sort of the nature of that part of the industry, the back and forth. I always talk about coaching as a very nomadic profession. Personnel is probably even more nomadic than, than coaching. Uh, a lot of movement this time of year. See it all over the, the league. And here's another example, because this was a pretty, obviously a pretty big name in, in Denver for a lot of years. And uh, I love the way it was reported. You just kind of cut to the, the meat and the, the potatoes of it. Uh, supposedly, Matt Russell retired. In January of 2021, when John uh, Elway uh, was replaced as the general manager of the uh, Broncos, except if he had another year to go on his contract, then is it really retirement if you're still getting paid every 15th and 30th of the month? No, you're just taking a year's paid leave. And he's jumping back into the fray with the Eagles here. So uh, his retirement, uh, as we've learned with Tom Brady, retirement is a relative turn. Because uh, you can change your mind and do anything you want and come back thereafter, Brady. And now the uh, even the most different uh, situation I've seen, he's playing, but he's already got his next job lined yeah, up. Yeah. A rather high-paying job. You and I speculated on this yesterday. How much would they actually pay Brady? Uh, Andrew Marchand of the New York Post uh, reported it: ten years, three hundred and seventy-five million dollars, thirty-seven and a half million dollars a year to call 20 some odd <laughs> football games man you talk about a good gig uh fox came out and said those reports aren't exactly accurate oh i'll bet you they're not far off though <laughs> marshawn's pretty good yeah. and he is tom brady so he's gonna get paid uh so uh, while supposedly matt russell was uh, retired for a year he's back in the fold and he's with the philadelphia eagles in an undetermined yet position which i don't know about you as a sports fan i know it's it's really none of our business. We can ask for it. We'd like to know it, but they don't necessarily have to tell anybody anything. And there is the always uh, ever-present executive uh, uh, assistant to the general manager, which you never know uh, what those uh, details uh, are made of. Um, don't know what his uh, title is going to be with the Eagles, but you think it's going to be a pretty significant role, don't you? Um, you know, that's interesting. Um, I think it's going to be similar to Dave Caldwell. So he's going to be in that same type of role. So, you know, I, I always joke, you know, it's not, it's not the title. It's the job description. Like, what do you do? Um, right. is, is the more important part. Um, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of the Eagles, Always have, it seems, ex-GMs or, or guys that have been very high in personnel departments in as advisors at all times. And there's always a lot made of it. John Dorsey, a couple of years ago, came in <clears throat> as an example of this. You know, everybody in the league knows him. It was pretty splashy when when it was reported. And it ended up that John, you know, 
never came to Philadelphia really just wrote reports from, um, you know, his house and, 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 you know, was there to be truly a consultant, um, on, on, you know, personnel matters. Whereas, you know, Andy Weidel runs the scouting department. Um, you know, I talked about Catherine Rach and her job title, which encompassed everything in football operations, not only personnel, but contracts, analytics, everything. Um, so it's like, what do you do? I, I think, I think, and we'll see how it shakes out. I think Matt's here to do similar to what Dave Caldwell does. And that's to be more of a consultant and a guy who chimes in and can offer advice to the, to the Andy Weidels of the world. And we'll see, by the way, Pittsburgh had another second interview yesterday, which was not Andy Weidel. So, Maybe it's looking more and more likely that he will be here. So if that ends up the case, you know, he's still running the personnel department. He's still in charge of the day-to-day operations. And I think Matt's going to be in that similar type role, just another Dave Caldwell-like presence. Um, And then they're going to hire directors of player personnel, which they've already brought in. Uh Charles Walls, uh, I think it's Charles. I always get every time I hear Walls, I I want to say Everson. Everson, <laughs> you and I are in the same. Exact I got I got I got to sit and think. Um, and I know they like the way that uh, they describe it as Ian Cunningham and Brandon Brown. Ian was sort of like majored in college, minored in pro. Brandon majored in pro, uh, minored in college, and they sort of uh, split the job. I think they're going to do that again. Um, and and then the big and the key hire is going to be who replaces Catherine Raish and who and what the job title is. Because one of the reasons they lost uh, Catherine is because of the job title. This is how bizarre this league is. And I even asked this question. Of, of people in the Eagles organization. Like her job title is bigger than Andy Weidel's job title, for instance. You know, Andy handles scouting. Catherine's, um, I, I explained the flow chart, is above Andy and crosses over to all uh, departments or did when she was here. But all the NFL concerns with these hires is, is, is personnel. Like, they don't factor in anything else. So when you talk about GM jobs or assistant GM jobs, what they look at is the contract and the defined language on personnel. Like, do you are you, are you second in command on personnel versus, you know, a GM? Do you have final say over the roster? And that's what they look at, and that's all they look at. And just by the title, and the Eagles should probably button this up and fix this, for whatever reason, they haven't wanted to give out the title of assistant GM. If they want to keep people, they might want to start thinking about giving out that title because of the way the NFL does business. And the way that it's perceived around the league, which is this is one of those areas where truly perception is a reality. Um, the the uh, person who's going to be re- uh, hired to replace Catherine Raich, 
it's a Jeff Lurie hire. I understand it's a Jeff Lurie hire. Uh, basically, every job within the organization you can consider a Jeff Lurie hire. Because bottom line, if he says uh, no, then it's uh, no, uh, the person isn't going to be hired. Um, so we know it's a Jeff Lurie hire. How much input on that do you think Howie Roseman has? Because uh, I was about to say, I think it's a Howie Roseman hire. You I think mean, Howie's yeah, going to pick mean, that. Look, if if for whatever reason Jeffrey Lurie doesn't like with the the way he's going, I'm sure he could step in and say, "No, nah, we can't do that." Um, but other than that, yeah, and we're gonna have Howie on. Uh, so if the sports take guy, sports take guys, uh, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, Barrett Brooks, they're gonna have Howie on today. Um, so. Stay tuned for the Jacob Media channel. And maybe if they're listening, they can ask him that. Uh, yeah, I think it's completely his hire. Okay. Um, the only way Jeffrey would peek his nose in the door is, I don't know, if there's some story out there saying, no, nah, I don't want this guy in my organization. Other than that, um, he could always, again, step his foot in. No, I mean, this is completely Howie Roseman's hire. As, as who he's going to bring in to be to fill that position. And that title thing is more important than people think. And I can't figure out why the Eagles just don't. They're being he- headstrong. Um, just just call the person assistant GM, and it, it clears up a lot of headaches. So you believe the person who is hired to replace <laughs> Catherine Reich is – the de facto assistant general manager, since yes. on the flow chart, they, they, that person would be number two behind only Howie? Oh, yeah. And that's what Kat was. And, and that's what is weird to me when it comes to the NFL part of this. Like the Eagles know that. The Eagles explain that. The Eagles, you know, are the ones who give us the information and say, this is her role. This was her role here. She's you know, in charge of this, 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 and all these things, far bigger job than say somebody who has an assistant GM and only does personnel because there are a lot of setups like that around this league where a GM, uh, you know, has to deal with contracts, but the assistant uh, pretty much only deals with the personnel side of it. And that job is far less encompassing as the job Catherine Raich had. Uh, but again, for whatever reason, the Eagles have the setup that they've had. And it's may, maybe cost them for not putting somebody in that particular position. Like they could call Andy Weidel. I mean, you can call anybody whatever you want. They can call John McMullen and Jody McDonald assistant GM. They can do whatever they want. They could have had. Catherine Rach is vice president of football operations. They could have had Andy Weidel as assistant GM. Um, they could do it any way they want, but for whatever reason, when the NFL looks at teams trying to pilfer you, the only thing they focus on is personnel control. And that's, uh, it's been the case in the NFL for a good couple of years now. Uh, that this is not nothing, something new that's just developed in the NFL. And you're right, titles are important because, and the Eagles just fought the fight on this with the two executives they lost uh, before the draft, which doesn't usually happen. Usually the movement happens after the draft. They lost two guys at a time because 
their titles didn't match up to the titles they were given with their new organization, which gave the teams the ability to pilfer them ahead of time. And now the Eagles have brought forth uh, this complaint that that's not the way it should be. And the league has actually changed their uh, stance on that. So if this had been a year later, the Eagles couldn't have lost those two guys. Uh, So there is. Yeah. Until after the draft, that was more of the secondary personnel executives were, you know, sort of taken before the draft, before their contracts. And because it was, because it was uh, deemed a promotion, you can't stop it. And the Eagles were like, well, the schedule, as I've kind of explained on the show, the schedule for personnel people is different. It's draft to draft. It's not season to season. So, you know, it's understandable for GMs that it's going to be January, but for secondary football executives, the Eagles argued, shouldn't be that way and they won uh they actually changed the rule and they're right and but they could have lost them after the draft so it just would have happened after the draft and it just changes the timing and both those guys by the way ian and brandon they both got clear promotions the only one who didn't get a clear promotion was was Catherine race um and she was allowed to leave uh Ian and Brandon, they got clear, clear promotions and they were going to go anyway. It was just a matter of sort of the timing. And uh, the Eagles did, although they lost Captain Race to the Browns, they did pick up a Browns executive in Charles. Don't call me Everson Waltz, who will be (laughs) a key addition to the Eagles front office. All right. Key addition to Birds 365 with Mac and Mac is our next guest. Chris Franklin from NJ.com going to jump aboard, talk all things Eagles with us here on Birds 365. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on can Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, IBEW98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. 
What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Yeah, a waiting Wednesday edition here on Birds 365. What are we waiting for? Camp preseason getting all the way to uh, day 123 from now, which is the first second Sunday of September, first Sunday of the season for the Philadelphia Eagles. How are we going to uh, work our way through the wait? Get opinions from guys like uh, Chris Franklin, who's good enough to hop on board with us from NJ.com. Uh, been a couple of weeks, Mr. Franklin. I don't I don't believe we've had you on since the Eagles had their draft. I know uh, we probably get a little too caught up in this, but uh, A plus to F draft, which includes the addition of a key veteran wide receiver. What kind of grade would you give the birds uh, for the draft and the accompanying deals that they made with it? I think everything overall, I'd probably give it a B plus. I think it's a solid B plus. I think you got a defensive tackle now in Jordan Davis that you can actually, you know, clear out the linebackers. I like the move for AJ Brown a lot. Jurgens, I like a lot. I thought maybe they didn't have to, you know, select them at there. I thought they could have fall back a few spots, but overall looking for what they were able to accomplish with the assets that they all had, you know, I, I can't fault them with that. I thought they did a good, decent job with that. Certainly day one, so I guess if I want to play devil's advocate, Chris, I have to look at the loss of volume because you start the process with 10 picks, you end up with five picks, and look, you can't address everything when you have five picks. So as exciting as it is to have Jordan Davis and and A.J. Brown, as you mentioned, you still look at the the secondary, and (laughs) if the Eagles had to play today, which – you know, Howie Roseman will say today on Jacob Media, another uh, drop, uh, we don't have to play a game today. But if they did, Zach McPherson is your start, starting outside corner. Marcus Epps is one of your starting safeties. Can can that sustain itself to week one or the Eagles have to make upgrades? First, I want to know, did they offer you guys any contracts yet? Because I... I, I... They've been recently in the running for everybody else. You hear the Eagles link to them, but it, I think when you look at Epps, I think they have a lot more confidence. I think you do in, in both those positions. I think Epps is a solid player who I think has a better shot of actually being a better contributor than maybe Zach McPherson at this point. McPherson, I, I know he was a rookie last year. You know, I know he's a fourth round pick, but just looking at some of the ways that he was like when he dropped back into coverage and looking at little things, I had I had a few questions and. Uh, it's a very, very, I'm a little worried, concerned about that. I also thought like 
especially it's very telling that they were looking in a corner in that fifth round when they traded back after Tariq Willie was uh, drafted by the Seahawks and they traded back. It was like, well, they told their hand. I guess they, you could tell like who they really were looking at deep, that deep. And I think when you look at, I have no problem with the assets they gave up to trade to get Brown to move up to get Davis. Would have been nice to see like, hey, you know what? You kept, you maybe threw out, use that seventh round pick to maybe move up. Yeah, but it's a seventh round pick. So it's like, all right, maybe it'll get you a, a spot up. But I, I'm concerned going, uh, it's, put it nicely, I'll put it a little concerned going into this uh, <laughs> week one with those two with those two spots. And James Bradbury was released by the Giants yesterday. John and I talked about him plenty on yesterday's birds. Um, we both agree he'd be a very good addition for the Giants. I think I'm a little bit more pushy when uh, I, I say, oh, I think the Eagles should go to a specific link to get him. Uh, John likes a player but doesn't think the Eagles are going to do what it takes to get him done. What kind of deal do you think Bradbury's going to get on the open market? And will that be a deal after he signed with someone else that we say, oh, the Eagles should have gone to those limits? I think somebody might offer him 12. I, I, I really think so because I think he's that good of a player. I think it's going to be, and it's going to be probably, it's probably going to be a one year deal anyway with them. But look at the Eagles. I think over the cap had on last I saw like 10.1 million, which is out the Eagles price range. And I know they can do some things like add voided, voided years in the contract and, and try to be creative in that way to make sure he fits under the cap. But he's going to get a lot. I think he's going to get a lot of money. I think he's a good fit for the Eagles given what they did in the past. I mean, he, when it comes to man to man, he's better. I think than he's better than what a lot of other guys they have competing for that second spot opposite Slay and also better uh, Avante Maddox. But I think he fits best in zone too. I think he was a uh, Pro Football Focus had him as a six ranked per, uh, player in coverage. Like when he for players who played at least yeah, he's a great snaps. great zone corner, great it fits zone perfectly. Corner. Yeah, so it's if looking what the Eagles might do if you look at Gannon's track record last year, it, it's it fits perfectly. You know, it's interesting, Chris, because we've seen this a lot and guys get new players in, rookie players, and they get excited. And, you know, the Eagles seem really excited about their young cornerback situation and and people that haven't played, not only Zach, but also Tate Gowan and Kerry Benson and Mac McCain. Uh, We're still hoping to get Mac on this show. So it's Mac, Mac and Mac, but, um, <laughs> man, oh, sorry, it'd be great. Oh, the Macs don't around. It'd be great. Well, sorry. we have Tim McManus. So occasionally we get the Mac, Mac and Mac, um, uh, quad Max. Yes. Do yeah. it. You had to do well, it. We got, we got Glenn. We got Glenn Mac now. Joining right? us yeah. On it's Friday. About, yeah. That's so right. Mac, Mac and Mac, Mac attack Mac. on Friday. The original yes. Mac and Mac. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm just the other guy, but, uh, they also signed, uh, a bunch of undrafted kids at corner, and they gave one pretty significant money for an undrafted free agent and Mario Goodrich and Josh Jobs from Alabama, so everybody kind of knows him, and Josh Blackwell. So they have like a thousand darts to throw at the board, and maybe one of them hits. But how would you know it when you don't do anything in the offseason, Chris? Uh, that you know, rookie camp scale back to two days, right? There's right. no team drills. There's no nothing. It back in the day, you could stand out. How do you stand out? How do they know? How do they figure out these guys can play before they hit the panic button and say, 
I need Trey Wayne's in here stat. Uh, how did they figure it out? I wonder if it's one of those things where they're like, when they're working out on the field and they go, you know, let's just throw around just to see what would happen one-on-one here. And Hey, Josh, why don't you wink, wink, go cover this guy. And that's the only way you can do it. There's it's too many question marks when it comes to a bunch of these guys. And until they get to like, even OTAs, like this, they're pretty much going to have to put a lot of faith in seven or sevens and 11, seven or sevens for the most part. Yeah. And, no 11 on 11s. Just yeah. seven on sevens. Yeah. And when you look at these receivers, like, it's going to be fun to watch them against Devonta Smith and AJ Brown, but I, I just look at those corners, everybody in that mix. I would, I seriously wouldn't be surprised if Josh Blackwell is the guy that emerges out of there. I, I liked his game when he was with Duke. Josh Job, I know he's still recovering from that foot injury, but when he's on, he's on. Goodridge, Mario, Good, he could be. I, he's the one that gave all that guaranteed yeah. money to, and, and he fits the zone a lot, be, a little bit better than I think the other two do, but. I don't know. It's looking when he was, uh, when we saw him like doing some of those workouts, he's looked a little stiff. I don't know if it's just a matter of he hadn't played in a while. He's trying to loosen up, but it's a bunch of question marks against these guys. And, and it, you're, you feel more apt to just go with the veteran and just cut bait with some of the younger ones. Cause it's, it's, it's going to be scary when you have to go into the real, in the regular season and you see, okay, go ahead and line up against CD lamb and, and teams are going to pick them apart. They keep yeah. going to say, okay, this guy's over here. All right, we're just going to attack them. Well, Sorry, we slaves, too, yeah. Monday Night Football, we know Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are coming in. So I don't know who <laughs> they're going to play week one, but I'm guessing <laughs> Chicago. But and, and that might be a little bit easier. But you're going to get those corners, if they're throwing them out there, they're going to get tested pretty, pretty early. Yeah, and it's in it, it's you better hope they pass soon because it's. I can I can almost see him right now too. Okay, especially got a younger guy. They're going to try to confuse the heck out of him now and, and put a one on one and make him truly read stuff. I don't. The Eagles are setting themselves up. They have all these other pieces set up, and you just look right here and go, okay, you know, you know the cornerback. It's like you know the end of the story almost coming into it. You can see it in a playoff game. You can see it halfway through the season. The reason that the Eagles defense, if they fail, is going to be because of that other part of the cor- other cornerback. I really truly believe it. All right, Chris, let me jump over to the other side of the ball and the guy the corners have to cover, and that's the wide receivers. Um, and this will probably annoy you. I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm just saying there's a potential concern here. Um, last Two years ago, the Eagles' first-round draft pick, Jalen Rager, comes in as a mediocre rookie year. Is that fair? Can I say his rookie year was mediocre at best? For Jalen, uh, uh, I think best, you're being kind. Nice. Yeah, it, at yeah. best, okay. <laughs> so, so be nice mediocre. Yeah. Good. Um, they go out and draft in the first round the Heisman Trophy winning wide receiver Devontae Smith. So Jalen Rager sitting there going, "Damn, I thought they liked me. Now they go out and get a Heisman Trophy. I'm dropping down the depth chart." And he came back and had a if he had a mediocre rookie year. A less than mediocre sophomore year. How much of that was contributed to by the fact that they brought in an upgrade in front of him? Because the Eagles have kind of done that again this year. As big a Devontae Smith fan as I am, John is, uh, we all should be. They are paying their new wide receiver $25 million per year. McMullen and I both have him ranked just outside the top 10. 11th or 12th, somewhere there about some wide receivers in the league. Devontae Smith isn't there yet. Last year when someone was brought in above their number one wide receiver, he actually went backwards. 
Can Devonta Smith use it as motivation, get a little ticked off that they felt they needed another wide receiver? How's that wide receiver room going to play between 1 and 1A? I think it'll be all right with going from Brown. When it comes to Brown and Smith, I think it's going to be okay because I think when you look at what Smith's pedigree, when he was coming through up playing with Alabama, he had to deal with, well, was it three other, four other first-round talent Good wide point. receivers? So he's he, he gotten used to that. So I think he's okay with it. When it came to Rager, you saw when you were TCU, he was the guy, at least wide receiver-wise. And we kept hearing the things about, oh, wow, the TCU quarterback wasn't getting in the ball. But he's still a great talent. He's still a great talent. And, yeah, I think, it's a, I think it has a lot to do with the player. I think it has a lot to do with the confidence of the player. And I think Devonta Smith is a more confident player when you look at just overall and a more accomplished player as well, too. I think he's just overall just a better wide receiver than Jalen Rager. And I think when you look at his, just like, again, like reiterate, when you look at his background, I think he'll have a, he won't be phased by it one bit. And I think he and Brown are going to work in tandem and actually do pretty well. I, I truly, I think he's going to do well. I kind of look at it a different way, but I'll, I'll sort of take uh, Jody's baton and, and put it this way. To me, it's not about, AJ and Devontae coexisting. I think they'll be fine, but receivers want the football. And I'll throw Dallas Goddard in this mix as well. Are there going to be enough targets uh, to keep these guys happy? And is that more about Jalen Hurts or Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen? I think it's a combination of making them happy is going to be had to be I look at more of the coaching staff and Hurts because I think I wouldn't be surprised if they try to do a lot more like screens, a lot more short passes because oh, no, it's no more of, bubble screens, Chris. I think no. you, I know it's, it's it's the old. It's like okay, yeah, what do you know? Two yards and go. What do you know? Mm-hmm. Ah, three yards and go. Now, <laughs> but I, the only reason why I think that is because I think that's what's going to accomplish two things: it's going to get Hurts in the rhythm earlier, and also you're going to allow those wide receivers to use their physical abilities a lot more too. So and it'll give them the targets, even though it's artificially inflated by doing that. It'll give them the targets so that way they can say, oh, well, look at that. Uh, we got you the ball. We try to throw the ball this way, try to get you involved in the offense. The person I'd probably be looking at is like, hey, you know what? Am I still going to get my touches is Miles Sanders? And Because not only do you have that, you they yeah. got to make sure that, that passing attack is like, hey, guys, I still want to run the ball a little bit. What's what's going on here? So Especially in the contract year. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, got, you got all these wide receivers and passing attacks. Like, like John that? likes to state, uh, Chris. It's uh, right now. It's way too early to be worried about the running game in April. Nobody worries about <laughs> nobody the running cares. game. Nobody, <laughs> nobody they actually Miles show exists. up, and someone yeah. lines up behind the quarterback and go, "Oh yeah, we got running backs too. <laughs> we got to give them the ball. That? We got to figure out how to stop them." Yeah, no, nobody worries about running backs in, in April. Not at this stage. Don't you see All the three right. yards in the cloud of dust just rising up behind you guys when it happens? Uh, <laughs> it, it was out oh, of need this year that the Eagles ran the ball as much as they did. Uh, we believe they're going to pass the ball that much more this year. Uh, and uh, Miles Sanders touches if he stays healthy will probably be about the same. Um, anybody else's touches? And when we say touches, that of course means passing. It's not quite a bubble screen, but it's throwing the ball out of the backfield. <laughs> A um, couple of people we've had on the last couple of months have uh, uh, sung the praise of Kenny Gainwell that this could be, quote unquote, um, maybe a breakout year for Kenneth Gainwell. You buying into that? You think Gainwell takes a major step up this year? I'd probably go Scott. I think Boston Scott might be the guy. 
I truly oh. believe. I think I think Gainwell's nice. I think he's pretty much going to be. It's, it's going to be how they use him because pretty much you go. You saw Gainwell on the field. You're like, well, either it's going to be outside run, or if it's going to be a jet sweep, or it's going to be a pass to him. But he got predictable. I look at when I see Scott, I see a guy who can still do all that stuff, but also effectively run not only outside, but also inside as well, too, especially around that goal line area, because he had seven touchdowns last year within the goal line. So I look at his game. I look at the fact they don't have a bona fide number two running back. And I think when you couple in his experience, when you couple in what his production is able to do, I think he fills in nicely in that running back two spot. And I think he's the one that probably may take away a little bit of a few Sanders touches here and there, considering that you don't know what you have long-term and knowing what you have with Sanders and his injury history, Scott was the first one in. So I, I think he's the one that might be a, have a little impact of a year, a good impact here too. All right. It is may, but we've gone down this rabbit hole. So I'm going to keep going down it, Chris. You're right. There is no <laughs> defined running back too. Um, we talked about that volume, 10 picks turn into five picks. So running back is another position. We all said, well, they're going to take a running back on day three. Um, but they couldn't because they gave up those late round picks. Um, they did sign Kennedy Brooks from Oklahoma as an undrafted kid. Jordan Howard is an interesting one. I think he's some kind of experiment. I think every number on his phone is blocked except from Philadelphia, <laughs> except from 215-610. Nobody calls Jordan Howard. Nobody cares about Jordan Howard. But he's been really important for this team over the years when healthy, and he hasn't been healthy a lot, which factors into it as well. Um, it's August. Are the Eagles going to be calling Jordan Howard? Nobody else is. We know that, so they can wait. <laughs> I I think they do, and I think he's on a practice squad, and I think he serves the same role he was. He he's going to be like your setup guy that you have in the bullpen. He's like, all right, you're wait a little bit. In do we need him yet? Oh, it's game it's week five, week six. Yeah, I guess we can bring him up now. Use him for a couple games and bring him back that way. I think, and I think the Eagles know. I think the Eagles know that as well too. There's not this big market, so they know yeah. they have him there. In fact, he might be in the Novacare complex in the back in glass, yeah. encased <laughs> in, in glass. Because nobody else is calling him. Poor guy. It's like one of those spam calls going on with everybody yeah. else. Oh, it's the Eagles. Oh, hey, what's up? We got. Oh, sorry, it's not Howie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And and most of these guys are okay with it because they won't have to show up till camp. Maybe he's even got the eagle number blocked until uh, late August. Yeah, and maybe. then he'll then he'll take the block <laughs> off and go. Oh, you guys calling? Okay, yeah, I'll show up. I'm glad I didn't have to go through all those stinking preseason games. Um, oh, I, speaking of practice squad, I have in front of me the Eagles uh, depth chart at the tight end position: Dallas Goddard, <laughs> Jack Stoll. Tyree Jackson drafted Greg Calcaterra. Richard Rogers still here on the 90-man roster. <laughs> Richard Rogers, I love him. Uh, Noah Tagawa and J.J. Arcega-White, the converted former wide receiver. I'll add that up. That's seven there, Chris Franklin. They're not keeping seven tight ends. On the regular roster, even if they have uh, three on the practice, I don't know. With that much, over. with that much talent, you might have to carve out seven spots, Jody. For that, Not I'll, I'll, I'll wager anything you want, Johnny Mac. 
There will not be seven tight ends on it. As much as they uh, used it last year, they don't want to use it that much this year. They don't want to play 21. There's no way seven guys are uh, hanging around. How many of these guys aren't even going to be on the practice squad? Who are the tight ends that uh, shouldn't be making September plans to be in uh, the city of Brotherly Shove? <laughs> I like that one. I like that. If I had to go, I probably we definitely know Goddard's one. I think I think Calcaterra is going to be tight end too. I think we just look at natural tight ends and everything else that run, route running as much as they feel like they're going to passing. I think he's two. I wouldn't be surprised if Stoll is number three. Then when you look at practice squad. <laughs> I think Rich Rogers is the one, and I think J.J. Arcega-Whiteside sneaks in because I think nobody else is going to do that and figuring that he Get can him on there. fill yeah. in a wide receiver and uh, a tight end. He could play both of them. He sneaks on there, and then Rich Rod will be sitting next to Jordan Howard going, hey, you get a call yet? No, I didn't get it either. So they'll be they'll be having that <laughs> going back and forth. But yeah, I, I, it's, a, it's, it's a unique position. And, and I want to say Tyree Jackson, thing is you just don't know now how he's going to recover with that knee. He's still learning the position and he's still learning how to block as well, too. So it's those three things. Maybe they can sneak him on, but I think somebody might take a chance on him as well, too. But yeah, that's I don't one see of those um, underreported needs for the Eagles. Uh, and they were able to draft Grant Calcaterra. Uh, and we'll see, but they need a tight end, too, because, yeah. you know, Jack Stoll was all right, good job as a blocker, but. Um, he's not going to scare anybody catching the football. And I think the plan was, all right, Tyree's going to get an off season. Uh, he's got so much talent, but now he doesn't have an off season. You know, he's rehabbing from the torn ACL. So that's a position uh, to keep an, an eye on. Here's one. Nobody talks about Chris special teams and by special teams, other than Jake Elliott, I'll put Jake off to the side and Rick Lovato as well. Give some long snapper love. <laughs> uh, Aaron Cepas was bad at the end of last season, but that's what everyone focuses on. The coverage was bad. The returns were bad. They need returners. They need coverage guys. They need a punter, even though they didn't bring a punter in. Um, am I being an alarmist? Or, or how do you see that uh, special teams shaking out for Michael Clay? Um, I was a little worried about. I was surprised they didn't even bring one in on the pra- uh, for a rookie camp. I really thought yeah. not even a least... tryout guy. Yeah, because like, I, I think that when you look at it, like, it like Sipos had dead leg at the end. It really did because like yeah, he, yeah. he wasn't getting mm-hmm. enough lift on there. As for the return game, they really need to overhaul that big time. I know they brought in Devin Alley. I really liked Britton Covey. I really think that looking back when he was playing at Utah, the way he quickly finds the hole, finds that little breaking coverage, plants a foot and just goes upfield north and south and doesn't try to go lateral, trying to make plays, running 30 yards across the field when you're only picking up it's a net five. Like I think that the return game is the big for me, I think it's the biggest need overall. Sure, I think every general manager, coach goes, okay, if we're concerning about the punter, okay, our offense is not doing well, so what the heck is going on? But it's an important aspect of the game. But I think the return game is, is going to be important. I think that's where you look at Rager, you look at Covey. Those are two guys. I think that's – if Rager is a little bit more shorthanded on his punt returns, I think that's how he sticks on and stays on his roster. If not, and Covey starts to wow people in those preseason games, I think that's – I think that's – he takes that job. 
Yeah, let me uh, follow up where John went uh, for both you guys. Um, Michael Clay, the special teams coordinator, at least a year into me, doesn't have a lot of sway. Doesn't have a lot of swag because you always hear about, oh, we, we specifically drafted this guy, undrafted for you, specifically brought him in because he's an outstanding special teams player. One guy, Kyron Johnson. That they said that about that the Eagles drafted. Oh, he's a great special team. He'll be contributing on special teams. Usually, you get more than that from the draft on. That hasn't been the case. Is that a Sirianni thing that he says Clay make chicken out of chicken? You know what? Um, that that they, they haven't put specific resources into that. Uh, do, do we read into it that this overall team, uh, as uh, guided by the head coach, is always going to play special teams as a third, fourth, or fifth hit? I think it's a little bit of that. I mean, I still think they have a couple pieces. I think you look at Sean Bradley. I still think you look at Elijah Riley. I think they have some veterans on that thing on that uh, squad that I think they still believe very highly in. Well, I'm sorry, I was Elijah Riley. What I'm talking about, I'm talking about. Yeah, I think I, yeah, I was like, yeah, like, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I look at uh, I think Epps as well, too. I think he's still going to play a lot when it comes on there as well, even though he's going to be starting like Malcolm Jenkins used to do. So I think they look at the veterans that they currently have on a roster, guys who think still contribute. That's playing, I think, a little bit of fire in case there's an injury, you're risking them a little bit more. I don't know if it's, I think it's more of a sway, I think it's. I don't think it's so much of this way as part of just like, okay, we're just going to try to get the most out we can. We have a lot of young guys on this roster who can has enough athleticism to do that. And, and I think they, I think they'll be able to fill it that way. So I I don't think I'm too worried about that aspect, but I think there's a, it's just some concern though. Yeah. I would just add that they only had five picks and they used one on a special teams player. I think that is some sway. Um, you know, because when people were talking about Kyron Johnson, they're all saying, what is he, an off-ball linebacker, an edge rusher? He's a special teams player, pure. I mean, you know, he's going to be the Chris Maragos, the Brian Brayman. They're not drafting him to rush the passer, to be an off-ball linebacker. They're drafting him to be that special teams player they had with Rudy Ford, who nobody cares about. But once he left, he said, wow, Rudy was stinking good. When he was out there, it's another guy. He was always hurt, but um, uh, it, so that to me. But the punter is strange to me. So they might they they must have some knowledge about Aaron Seapos that we don't have. I can't explain it any other way, Chris. Because you're right. Looked like his leg was dead. So is that just they said we figured it out from a sports science standpoint? Because he was really good in the first half of the season. And then really bad. Are they competent in Aaron Sipo? So this is this weird, they can't get a punter in here for some reason, which I find very hard to believe. Well, the market, I think, is a little bit out there as well, too. I think he like Colquitt. I think Colquitt was the other guy I saw that's out there. It might be worth like might be worth the salt, but right now I'm not even doing that. I think it's probably one of those things like they try to rest him a little bit more through week, a couple of weeks, maybe he doesn't kick as much during training camp to try to save him. And then also you figure that's another part of the field goal operation. I mean, Jake Elliott could be comfortable with him. Jake Elliott had his best that's season true. with Sipos yeah. Holden. So that's a big thing you, with the you, you change two things. Yeah. You yeah. know, you change two operations to try to fit one, just to try to get maybe five extra yards, which is important sometimes. Like, but I think there, I think it's going to be a little bit more of, a, of, of management of how much time he uses and how much time he takes to try to save him for later. 
All right, let me go into a deep dive here. And it's probably because it's May, this is probably taking it too far. But that's what we do here on Birds 365. We're talking about special teams, of course. That's, I, I, that's <laughs> where I'm going. I'm dragging special teams into roster construction for the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles, which, again, uh, maybe maybe too narrow focus, but I'm going there anyway. The Young Bloods. We got two Johnsons and a Jackson. You got uh, Tyron, who uh, Johnny Mack is singing his praises, and he's going to be the best Eagles special team player over the last couple of years. And then you've got the two guys that the Eagles drafted last year. <clears throat> so you're talking about three draft picks, not undrafted free agents, three draft picks. I can't see them carrying all three on next year's 53. Can you? Uh, you you're going to have to pick two out of the three. The other guy is going to have to go practice squad. And if they go practice squad, Will either of those two, uh, the one guy who is the odd man out, I ask you first to predict the roster for me and say who's going to be that odd man out. And is that kind of kind of guy going to be the guy who can get through to a practice squad without being picked off by another team? I think Teron Jackson would be the odd man out, but I think he sneaks through the practice squad, that way, if that makes sense. I know edge rushers are tough, tougher to sneak on, especially you have a lot of they're, – they're tougher to find, especially – and he has, he has some talent. But I look at what the what other needs they have in there. I think linebacker. I think is given what they have available right now for. I think Kyra, and I think Kyra. I I look at him as a Sam. I think Patrick Johnson's the. Actually, you know what? See Patrick Johnson. I see Kyra. I see playing similar roles and playing that Sam, playing that that right behind Hassan Reddick. Right. Can you can you have I, both Johnsons on the roster? I think I think they do. I think it's more Toronto, especially if they play a little bit more three four. I think he's a guy that you could try to you could try to say, hey, Chiron, try to learn the weak side as well as the strong side. Even though you're more strong side, play try to learn the weak as well too. We'll find a spot for you. Patrick F. Johnson, I think, was a good he's he was a good rusher with Tulane, but he was a decent special teamers. Boy, I look at what uh, physical abilities and what the other two guys can bring you potentially in the future. I think they project a little bit more than they do with than say uh, Patrick Johnson does. Uh, uh, so Teron, we went to Ron Jackson. I guess I would have to go if I had to pick one of those three to go for what you would say, Chris, you know, do you really need two backup Sam linebackers that don't play that often? So I'm going to go Chiron special teams keeps him over Patrick, but I, I, you know, I think they'll keep all three. They'll find a way. They'll find a way. (laughs) I think, I think they like all three players and you know, new coaching staffs and draft picks, and they like to give those guys a little bit of an extra opportunity. Uh, enough special teams, though, Chris Franklin. <laughs> at C. Franklin News, read them at nj.com. By the way, the No Huddle Show. Now, no Mike K. It's Les Bowen and Chris yeah. Franklin. How about that? The legendary Les Bowen and the even yeah, more legendary fun. Chris Franklin. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. So too far uh, away. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm the Patrick Johnson level right now. This year will be right now. I'm trying to get a little bit higher that one, but yeah. <laughs> but it's fun working with lads. Fun talking football with them. It's been great. And don't you know we always get to talk to guys like you guys and and Les too. So it's always it's always fun to do that. <laughs> it is always fun to talk to Les. He's a friend of the show as well. Uh, we're gonna have Howie on today at 12 15 this afternoon we're going to be down at the Novaker complex talking to some unknown players who knows who they're gonna uh give to us but um 
if you had if if you had the true serum out, Chris Franklin, and had <laughs> one question you could ask Howie Roseman, you know he's going to tell you the truth. What what is that one question? Oh, that's a very good one. What are your honest feelings about Jalen Hurts and with nothing right now for is Jalen Hurts going to be here in 2023? Cause I really like it's enough him and Han. It, it, we heard too many times last year. Well, the Eagles sent somebody out to see Deshaun Watson. Well, the Eagles might be linked to Russell Wilson. Well, they have this one. Then they make the trade and they pick up an extra first round pick in case they need to trade it. How, how much do you really truly believe in Jalen Hurts and, and not reactionary? And if so, why not say it earlier? I think that's that's the one thing I really would love to ask him and and have him get get a true answer right now. Why make all these moves for that? Because I think if he did that, I would love to hear that answer and and, and just hear it out there. Because to make all those moves, they hear him always linked to a quarterback, but you say this is the guy in the future. So many, there's so many questions about that. <laughs> but all right, then oh, here, if only <laughs> here's where I'll go with my last question for you, Chris. If you slip that uh, tooth serum to the head coach of the football team rather than the general manager, <laughs> and he had to take it after, say, week three of the preseason rather than the, uh, the throw out the door week four preseason game. Um, oh, we, no, we only got three preseason games. Preseason, so now yeah. it's the third one. Yeah. After the second preseason game, <laughs> that after taking the truth serum, Nick Sirianni has to actually admit, yeah, Carson Strong looked better in practices, in the preseason games. The numbers say he looked better. The ability to judge, this is what the, the coach does, right? He's a former wide receiver. He can judge quarterbacks. And he has to admit, you're close, but who was better? Carson Strong. Is there any chance Carson Strong plays for the Eagles within the first month of the season? No. No, they did. They definitely. They will definitely yeah. won't do that. They, I, if anything, I think it, it would be mentioned. Even then, I still think no. I think they give Jalen all the way through till week twelve, thirteen to do. Oh, yeah. to give him every and chance. Remember, to do that. in the preseason, Jody, they're not even going to play him. If last year, I mean, they're going to treat him like Tom Brady in the preseason. He's That's not... why I added and in practice. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah. How about the golden? Wait, wait, wait. Do we <laughs> even know? Were the Eagles playing against in preseason and practice? Not yet. We know we Cleveland know won. That's the only one. Well, yeah, days of the entire year. <laughs> they kicked the Jets' ass. They beat up on the Patriots. That was the most important thing. Yeah, those, the banner. Joint practices. Do we not know who they're jointing with today? The banner is still up. Joint practice champion. Which, by the way, <sighs> at least they have a banner because the Sixers are getting no banner. Sorry for oh, don't the get Sixers me started people. on that. Uh, joint, <laughs> joint practice champions. Yes, the Eagles were four and zero in joint practice. They have to get. Maybe they can get the same guy, the same uh, company that did the whole Indianapolis Colts AFC participant ones. That'll be perfect too. Just have that up there. <laughs> be great. Yeah. Well, they were a participant too until it was thirty-one nothing in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah that's bad. <laughs> Do you want him playing Baltimore again this year? I'd like to see Kyle Hamilton in uh, some. Yeah, I'd like to see Kyle. They usually try and keep it close. Jets, they 
uh, go a little out of their range for the Patriots. Baltimore makes sense, and they've done it with Baltimore before. That's who I'm uh, predicting and/or rooting for. I want to like- see who I want to see Kyle Hamilton versus Jordan Davis in a forty. Who Ooh. wins? Ooh, that's Ooh. that's a good point. Oh, that is a good. One. Oh, I got a better one. Kyle Ham- Hamilton against Nicobe Dean because he hasn't run yet. We're yeah. still waiting for Nicobe to put up a forty time. Yeah. We got no idea. He might run it in 4-1 or he might run it in 6-1. We don't know. If you believe those who dropped him down in the draft, he's going to run it in 7-1. Oh, my gosh. I, I, the, I, the 40 times needs to uh, – Yeah. I, I know everybody plays, it's, it's, it needs to go because if a guy plays yeah. – it, it, it got, you don't run in a straight line and go into 40. I think it also recognition makes up for it a 40 times. Oh, it's, yeah. it's good for TV, but – if I want to watch 40, I go over to pin relays or something yeah, like that. The only 40, <laughs> only 40 time I need to know is Rich Eisen. Did he raise yeah. money yeah. for the charity? That's that's the only one that matters to me. Chris Franklin, always a pleasure. Uh, feel free to smack Les Bowen upside the head when next you see him. And tell him it's from the Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. <laughs> <laughs> he punch me out. No, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, good, Thanks, guys. I'm two out of three falls, I'm taking Franklin over Les uh, Bowen. Sorry, that one's not even close. Uh, Chris, thanks, bud. Appreciate it. That's Chris Franklin. Thanks, guys. From NJ.com here with us on Birds 365. All right, Mac and Mac coming back. We've still got plenty to talk about. Uh, about ooh, 20 minutes uh, plus from now, Tommy Lawler from EagleBlitz.com is going to jump aboard. Keep it right here on Birds 365. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on that can you search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. 
Is the length of the glass equal to your- You betcha. But is it made out of- Glass? Yo, okay, but is the rim- Smooth? Will you stop doing- That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Your guys, McDonald and McMullen here on Bird 365. Thank Chris Franklin profit on board. Always a good sport. He he laughs at my non-funny jokes. So that's <laughs> why I like having Chris Franklin on. Uh, not funny at all. Serious, serious spot coming up here on Birds 365. Oh, excuse me, on the Jacob Media YouTube channel today. Joining uh, Rob Ellis and Barrett Brooks and D Gunn, Howie Roseman going to make his first appearance here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Um, you and I kind of kicked this around in hour number one uh, about uh, the replacement for Captain Raish within the Eagle organization. I said it's a Jeff Lurie decision. You said, no, you think it's much more Howie Roseman decision because Howie's going to be working hand-in-hand uh, hand with this person that much more. Uh, yes, Chris, the question about the uh, under uh, truth serum what question would you ask Howie? Believe it or not, I think it's a really important question. Who's making that hire? Is that your hire, Howie? Or does Jeff Laurie get involved in that? Um, because it is as big a position as it is, you pointed out that uh, Catherine Raich did more than just personnel. She had a uh, bigger role within the organization. I I'd like to know is... For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Does Howie get carte blanche to hire whoever he wants, or does he have to run it by Jeff? Does Jeff sit in, sit in on that interview process? How does that go for the Eagles to be able to pick um, the person who replaces Catherine Reich? Um, yeah, I, I I wouldn't use that in my true serum question because I I'm really confident that it's Howie's. Uh, I have, Jeffrey trusts Howie, man. And this is, Eagles fans hate this. He trusts him more than anybody else in his life. I think he might trust him more than Julian, uh, uh, Julian Laurie. Uh, probably not, but you But get didn't my he point. at one point trust uh, the ex-gentleman? Joe, yes, Joe Banner as much as yeah. he does Howie well, Roseman. Well, childhood, they were childhood friends. So Right, anything any, could happen here. Anything could change, you know. The joke in the NFL is everybody has a shelf life, but, um, and yeah, you're right. I mean, Joe Banner was uh, extremely close to um, Jeffrey Lurie. So I'm not saying it can't change down the road, but it hasn't changed yet. And, you know, maybe if he makes a terrible hire, it, it, it'll change 
Um, I I look at Jeffrey Lurie, and he I think he looks at you know the Chip Kelly era as the worst mistake in his uh, stewardship of the Eagles, and not the hire, but uh, uh, giving him uh, power over Howie Roseman. And it was a convoluted explanation. I had to see what I had in ship, blah, blah, which makes no sense. But um, I think <laughs> I think that, that scarred him a little bit. And he's got tremendous trust in, in Howie Roseman. And unless it, again, unless it's a, a, a total off-the-wall hire, um, with some controversial, and I can't even come up with a name. Um, I don't think he would even bat an eye if if Howie said I'm going to hire so and so. It's so funny, yeah, uh, the whole Howie Roseman situation, the way that it played out. I swore I would never say this, but I have to say it. I probably would have done if I were Howie Roseman. I probably would have pulled a Sam Hankey. That when they pulled the power out right, from underneath, write the manifesto. I would have gotten out my pen and my paper, and yeah. I would have logged my manifesto, and I would have stuck it under Jeff Lurie's door, and I would have yeah. been see you well, later, bye. How he's stuck it out? He took his time. He went to the other side of the building. He did the uh, the, the tour around all other sports franchises. To yeah. learn what it was like to be a general manager, the decision-making process and everything else. He truly did double down on what he had to do to get better at his job rather than get ticked off. I, I, although, you know, I'm not the biggest Sam Hinkie fan ever. I actually think he did an injustice to this town and this organization. But I think I would have played it same as Sam. Wait a minute. You told me I could do this, and now you're gonna you're not gonna fire me, but you're gonna ask me to sit idly by while someone else does my job? No, get the hell out! Of, I'm done. I'm out of here. Well, he at, he and that's why that's why Howie is savvy, and Sam is not. Um, you, you'll and, notice and Jody McDonald is not because I'm telling yeah. you, I would have done the same thing Inky did. You you'll notice Sam has never gotten another job. Uh, number one for all those Sam Hinky fans. You can't get him. He's not employable. Um, whereas Howie Roseman took his time and did the things necessary. And by the way, I just wrote about this a couple weeks ago at Philly Boys, that whole time period. Howie never had – he didn't go into that with the plan that he was going to be the general manager of the Eagles again. Um, but he took advantage of – his relationship with Jeffrey Lord to get this huge travel budget and go talk to Brian Cashman and RC Buford and Manchester city even went overseas. Uh, whoever runs that organization, I forget. Um, and he did all this with the intent on being a general manager somewhere else. Um, and, and, and if you want to be the GM somewhere else, Jody, in any sport, don't write a manifesto about your previous organizations. You're not going to get hired, period. End of sentence. Now, I think that guy would have had trouble getting hired anyway. Right. Because that, that, that was going to be my question to you, John. Did the manifesto handle well, I, I think that played handicap? a lot into it. The I, last I think thing. Some into it. I think the fact that the process was an abject failure 
is a bigger reason why Sam Hankey hasn't gotten another general manager job in uh, anywhere in the NBA, more so than the fact that he took uh, 18 page. How long was it again? Yeah, to just uh, was, explain was, to the world his line of well, thinking. Well, here's why, here's why I disagree with you, Jody, because a lot of people still think we'll tell you it succeeded. A lot of people will still they, say they'd just be crazy in my estimation. I Any, agree. Anyone who says that is just got the sixer colored blinders on that uh, don't but have you, any, any peripheral vision whatsoever. But you, but you do know those people exist, right? They, I still get them all the time and they say, well, if they just let Sam finish it, uh, the sixers would be, Draped in jewelry and all that, and and they um, take their vacations in Roswell, New uh, yeah. New Mexico. So, <laughs> uh, I, I'm I'm supposed to pay attention to them. Sorry, but uh, they do exist. Me. Is all I'm trying to say. And if you see, here's the problem with all the hanky do it. We're we're off on a tangent. I know we got to get back to the Eagles, but um, it, what they don't understand is they should really be you know, praising Josh Harris, because if you want to praise somebody, because no other owner would give some knucklehead carte blanche to lose forever. So if you want to uh, put someone up as your deity, it should be Josh Harris. So no other owner is going to give this guy the rope that the Sixers gave him. And they wanted more. Sam Hickey still, how dare you not give me more rope? And he so that's why I think the manifesto was even worse for him because other owners are very cognizant of their ex employees because everybody, right? You're hired to be fired in these jobs, everybody's getting fired. Uh, they're all renting space except Bill Belichick. Um, it, and you know, if, if you burn the bridge with an owner, oh, believe me, the other owners see that. And especially an owner who gave you more rope than anybody else in the history of the world. So I yeah. that's why I think the manifesto was a bigger right. Thing. Yeah, we'll disagree. I think the main reason is Josh Harris did give him as much rope as he did. They accomplished nothing. The commissioner in in official league meetings had to call the Sixers and Josh Harris Harris on the carpet for going. You know, all your your partners here are not happy with you. You come to town, they sell 3,000 less tickets per game because no one wants to see that dreck you're putting out there on the floor. You're costing everybody money. That's the results of the process, not the results of a manifesto. And I think any other owner doesn't want to be in that room and have the commissioner point and them go, you know, these, all, these other 29 guys are all ticked off at you. You know, you're costing everybody money. That's the reason, the bigger reason. The manifesto well, money, money always, I, I will agree, money is always the, the end game. But I do find it incredibly ironic that somebody wrote a manifesto about essentially the guy who gave you all this. And you're arguing, you should give me more, even though the commissioner of your league is saying, all right, you have to stop this. You have to stop this. And he still is so entitled. He said, you promised. You promised. What GM in any sport goes, you promised. I mean, come on. That's essentially what he said. Uh, uh, you don't, And, uh, of course, the, 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 the best part is the hubris of you don't understand what I'm trying to do, which is basically what he's telling. No, we always understood it, you clown show. Uh, 
you didn't understand that you don't live what what's the term i always use jody in a vacuum right you don't live in a vacuum uh, those other teams that you just mentioned exist jody those other teams that are getting 5000 less fans because your crappy product is coming they exist you don't get to play in a little vacuum by yourself in your your science experiments that's what the process people never got Understood. All right. Back to Howie Roseman, who will be here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel later today with 12, Rob 15. Ellis. 1215. 1215, right? Uh, with D Gun and, and uh, Barrett Brooks. Um, we don't want to tell those guys what to, to ask. And uh, I guarantee you they do a great job of uh, uh, getting some information out of Howie today. Um, player related, front office related, because Eagles do still have some, even though they've done some hiring to replace uh, defections to other organizations, they still have some hires to do. Um, you know, they're going to ask about the quarterback, which, oh, by the way, I'll go out on a limb here and predict that Howie Roseman will be 100% behind Jalen Hurts since he has said that every single time I since the season ended you, yes. this past uh, offseason. Um, do you think he'll he'll give you any give us any details today about how he maneuvered in the first round? He was great before the draft, saying that he puts all these pieces in place for the first round at a time. You can do that. You don't have to just lock something and get something done. Even though they made the trade with New Orleans as far out as they did, you think he'll give you any behind the, the scenes details on uh, the conversations he had and the maneuvers he had to make to get AJ Brown? Um, he's been pretty above board with that, uh, already, you know, I think it was, um, you know, the negotiation of the contract, I think was the bigger hurdle than the, uh, Oh, that's, that's my number one question. Forget the Sam Hinkie stuff. Did you negotiate the contract with AJ Brown or did you negotiate through the Titans? Because, you're not really supposed to negotiate with a player who's under contract to another team, right, John? Because uh, they, yeah. they didn't slap it together in the 15 minutes after the deal was officially announced. Oh, and the Eagles and uh, A.J. Brown have negotiated a contract extension. We know it had to be done ahead of time. Who was the one actually doing the negotiating? Yeah, I, I think it was um, A.J.'s agent. Uh, and once you get permission, you know, the Titans and essentially gave him permission. So then you're fine. He did say he was, you know, working on it um, before the draft, but it was not done while they were on the clock. So um, I guess they worked out the framework um, and, you know, where they were going to go. And at that point, it's got to be accepted. And he said, he did say one of the, one of the, one of the things people don't think about is, you know, you're trading the pick that, you know, the other team's got to have time to be on the clock to get what they want to get done. Um, so that factors into it as well. So there was a lot of balls in the air and even from the Jordan Davis uh, uh, pick and trade up, which I predicted. Um, and, and I was questioning why they gave up so many other picks um, instead of just the, the, the 101st pick, um, which would have been a little pricey if you look at the trade chart. But if you want a player, you got to pay a little bit of a premium. And they just went with the, 
with the more volume of picks. And that surprised me when they made the Davis trade. And but then it didn't because they needed that 101st pick for to get AJ Brown. So he had a lot of balls in the air. Maybe uh, those guys will ask him about that. That's kind of interesting. How do you how do you how do you work one deal out? Do you know the other deals coming? Because um, that's that's kind of complicated in 10 minute windows. And I'm sure I'll uh, reiterate again that they actually did consider taking the Kobe Dean in the second round and were oh, he's on the board. They had two players on the board, Jody. Cam Jergens and the Kobe Dean. Got them both. That's, uh, that, that, that's A, good, for as far as I'm concerned, good scouting that put a good board together. And, oh, by the way, little luck involved. If he dropped all the way down to you. And they had already given up, as you mentioned, those other later-round picks to be able to get the other deal done so they couldn't even, oh, he's still there, he's still there. Let's jump ahead three spots in the third round to lock him in. They didn't have the picks to do it anymore because of the other deals that were made. They had to just cross their fingers, and damn, if N'Kobe Dean uh, didn't fall down to them. All right, uh, we got uh, Tommy Lawler's going to join us coming up in just a couple, editor and publisher of EaglesBlitz.com. Uh, there was one announcement earlier today, even before we started the show, John, um, that they've uh, leaked out another game and the National Football League schedule. It's not supposed to come out till Thursday, yeah. but Fox today announced, no, not Tom Brady going to take over next year or the year after or the year after or the year after whenever Tom Brady decides to retire. Um, no, that uh, week 10 is going to be the Cowboys versus the Packers. I think it's in Dallas, uh, as a matter of fact. Uh, key game between two divisional winners last year. Dallas Green Bay just sounds like yeah. it's a big game, even if it's not. What, uh, it, what is this league doing? November 13th on Fox, Dallas Cowboys versus Packers. Um, yeah, I mean, like we care. I, I, I do understand why Eagles fans get a little, you know, up in the crawl, America's team and all that crap. Um, and the Packers are the same way, by the way. It's like, all right, we got to announce Dallas versus Green Bay. This is not a special game. This is not Christmas or Thanksgiving. This is November 13th, but it's Dallas versus Green Bay, so we have to make a big deal out of it. Um, well, yeah, it kind of is and it kind of isn't. It is because you're talking about two divisional winners – to multiple Super Bowl winners with a lot of history. Well, they're good. They're good teams. Yeah, they have great history. Right. But I understand fans when they get upset because the Cowboys and the Packers are treated differently than other teams. That's what I'm saying. Right. And I and I'm not saying that uh, that treatment is wrong. It was kind of earned over depending on whether you're looking narrow focus or you're looking wide focus. Are you looking wide focus? Packers against the Cowboys is a big game because they're two of the more prominent franchises in the history of the National Football League. And sorry, Eagle fans, both ahead of the Eagles at this time. Oh, yeah. You want to go? You want to go narrow focus though? What do those two teams have in common? Oh, they both got picked off in their first playoff game last year. Yeah, you did win a division, but you both got beat in your uh, first playoff game by the same team. As a matter of fact, right? 49ers. Beat the Cowboys yeah, and then yes. beat the Packers. Yes. So that hey, they got that in common. Can't beat the 49ers. <laughs> Let's match up the two teams and can't beat the 49ers. The Cowboys <laughs> against the uh Packers in week two. Now, you know what it's to the most significance to me out of the announcement for that, Johnny Mac? What is it? I crossed two possibilities off my calendar. 
Because, yes, I kind of look forward to Philadelphia versus Dallas every single year. We know it's going to happen twice. And the most important thing this offseason is, please. <coughs> Sorry, I'm getting all choked up about this. Please, please, please don't make it week 17. I think is- we're going to get lucky. I saw, I, and I haven't confirmed it, so I hesitate to say it, but I did see a week 17 supposed schedule that does not include the Eagles Cowboys. Really? Yeah. Hopefully it's true. Hopefully okay. it's true. So you're, you're not ready to go with this because you're not a hundred percent confirmed. Not ready to go with it other than me. say it would be a, a potential commander level performance. At the, but okay. I don't okay. know if it's true. Thank, thank you for not leaking that <laughs> one, John. We well, appreciate that greatly. The the leak is I don't know if it's true, so I'm not saying. But I did see a version that would not include uh, the Eagles and Cowboys in Week 17, which would be a good thing. All right would would that game be north or south of the Mason Dixon? That I don't know. I don't okay. know. You don't don't know the exact location now. As long as it's not Eagles Cowboys Week 17, because it's really really screwed the schedule a couple of years now in the last three years, where one of the teams goes, "All right, JB's in. We're we're pulling all the starters. We're not going to attempt to win this game." It's the reason why all off season I've had to say, in my estimation, the Eagles were nine and seven last year. Their official record was nine and eight. But I only count them for nine and seven because the last week of the season doesn't count for me. They didn't even try against the Cowboys. But we know they're not playing the Cowboys in uh, week 10 because the Cowboys are going to be playing the Packers. We know they're not going to be playing the Cowboys week two because the Eagles are going to be playing the Vikings. You're telling me it's not going to be week 17? All right. I don't even well, have to worry. I, I don't know. It's not going to be Thanksgiving either. We know that. Uh those those leaked out. I forget who the Cowboys are playing on Thanksgiving, but it's not the Eagles. The, um, the Thanksgiving game is leaked out? I didn't see that. Yeah, I believe they leaked out yesterday. I have to look during the break. I'll try to find that. All right, yeah, uh, who are the uh, Cowboys playing on Thanksgiving? Yeah, I'll try to find that All during right. the break. All right, we'll take a quickie timeout. Uh, coming back, Tommy Lawler from EaglesBlitz.com. Going to jump aboard. He's been following and covering the Eagles for years. Does it on his own now on EagleBlitz.com. He joins us next here on Birds 365. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on that can... Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
in Philadelphia. We celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, IBEW98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. We've got McMullen and McDonald. You're back on that, guys, here on Birds 365 on a waiting Wednesday, waiting for the season to come around and waiting for 1215 because they're on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Uh, Harry Roseman's going to be jumping aboard with Rob Ellis, uh, D. Gunn, and, and Barrett Brooks later today. They can have Howie Roseman. We got Tommy Lawler. Who cares <laughs> about that Roseman guy? What, has he got a job of some importance? Who the hell knows? <laughs> Tommy Lawler, editor, publisher of EaglesBlitz.com. Good enough to jump on board with us. How are you, Tommy? Doing well. How are you fellows doing today? Doing well, Tommy. Good to see you. So we'll start with Howie. What do you think? Uh, what do you think of uh, day one specifically of the NFL draft and how how he kind of maneuvered to get two potential difference makers? You trade up, then you trade uh, with Tennessee to get the proven receiver. Uh, what were your thoughts about how he, he, he juggled those two pretty difficult balls and in, in getting those things done? Well, initially, I, I really wanted him to sit at 15 and, and see if either Jordan Davis or, or Hamilton, Kyle Hamilton, would get there because I hated to give up the resources to move up. But uh, when you looked at it, Jordan Davis was a guy that – obviously, Kyle Hamilton's a, a very good safety but we just you, you don't know how much of an impact the safety is going to make in the defense that we're running right now. And you know defensive linemen are. They're, they're, every scheme needs defensive linemen. And Dor- Davis was clearly the number one defensive tackle. And so to give up a couple of fourth-round picks to move up, in the end, it was it was a good move. And I, I was listening to uh, somebody from the Ravens talk. It might have been Eric DaCosta. And so the Ravens were sitting there at 14, and they were nervous about Hamilton or Davis getting to them. They wanted one of those two guys. And their fear was if both of them were gone, they didn't have anybody else that they wanted to take at pick 14. So they were nervous about one of those guys getting to them. So for the Eagles to be sitting behind them, I'm sure Howie Roseman had the same thoughts that Eric DaCosta did is, 
I need one of those two guys to get here. And there, there's no guarantee with pick 13 and 14 ahead of you. And those two key guys there, both of them might be gone by 15. So if those are two guys that you value, you trade up. And which one did you have rated higher? Well, obviously the Eagles had Jordan Davis rated higher and they went and made the move there. So that was a, a that was well played by Howie, I thought. Uh, as much as I hated to give up the mid-round picks, but I thought it was well played to go get somebody he thought could be a difference maker for the defense. And then A.J. Brown, you know, as we're sitting there watching the draft, uh, Rich Eisen starts talking about, I can't remember who had pick 17. He said, we just had a major trade go down. And I thought, well, the Eagles are at 18. So if he's saying there's a major trade that's gone down, it's going to probably involve the Eagles. And I started trying to think, who, what would a major trade be? Because I thought maybe at 18, the Eagles would try to trade down in the draft and see if they could acquire some of those mid-round picks back. So I was thinking a, a trade back. But when he said a major trade, I thought, well, a trading back to 23 or 25, that's not a major trade. Not major, right. And so I sat there and thought, golly, mm-hmm. hey, who in the world would the Eagles have traded for? And when they announced A.J. Brown, I was like, wow, that is freaking fantastic because <laughs> that's a player I've loved since his days at Ole Miss. And you, you guys have watched the Eagles for a few years. You go back when – I, when I really saw a physical receiver for the first time with the Eagles was Irving Fryer in the mid-'90s. And that was the guy who, if you had watched in 1995, the West Coast offense, John Gruden tried to run it with Calvin Williams and Fred Barnett, two guys that loved working the outside, but they weren't real keen on working the middle. And the off, West Coast offense struggled with those guys because they just wouldn't run those – those slants and just uh, the dig routes and just get in there and take those vicious hits from safeties and linebackers. 96, all of a sudden you have Irving Fryer. You had a physical player who was not afraid to go anywhere. And he, he brought a real presence to that offense and the offense got substantially better with him. And then, you know, so that was the first time I saw a real physical receiver with the Eagles. And they didn't have one for a long time after that until of course, Terrell Owens came into play. <clears throat> and uh, since him, you know, we've gone for smaller, speedier guys. Obviously, Deshaun being the most extreme example, Jeremy Macklin. These are just not physical players. You know, Devontae's physical for his size, but at 170 pounds, how physical can you be? And uh, so to me, adding a big, tough physical guy, I was excited by that because I've loved watching guys like Anquan Bolden, uh, Debo Samuel. I loved watching AJ in Tennessee. I love guys that can out-muscle a corner, fight for a ball. Even if they're covered, they can battle through that with their strength and their yeah, toughness, make been, a catch, and make those Wasn't J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, uh, oh, Tommy? Oh. I will give the short window to Alshon Jeffrey. He was that for a very, okay. very short Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he for when he was healthy and, and yeah. locked in and, and, and good there, uh, he gave us that, that one year of 2017. But for so long, we've just had – you know, more yeah. finesse receivers. That's fine. You don't need, you don't have to have physical guys. That's just something I've always loved. I've loved those. T- Anquan Bolt's are my favorite all-time players. So to get somebody who's got that kind of 220-pound thick build who catches the football and it can make plays after the catch, that's what this offense has, has been lacking in recent years. So adding that guy in, I think, is going to be a big help for Jalen Hurts. It's funny that you went there because uh, last week on the show, John and I were talking about um, uh, I think he wrote it in a column on Philly Voice. I know he said it here on Birds 365. The combination of Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown might be the best, most talented duo the Eagles have had at wide receiver since a long time ago. 
I went back to Irving Fryer and uh, Christy Jones. Yeah. And J John laughed at my Christy Jones reference, but <laughs> get the point. I'm like, with due time, I was a huge Irving Fryer fan, um, but they do have a chance to have a uh, outstanding duo on the outside uh, next year. Um, back to the draft thing that you were talking about the Ravens and they were worried that it wasn't going to get down to them. Well, the reason that both the Eagles and the Ravens had to be worried is because the commanders could have taken someone at 13 and right. they chose to trade out of that position and traded down and got a couple of day three picks for the Eagles for their uh, design. How badly do you think they screwed up? Well, and honestly, the draft is different to every team every year. And what are your goals going in? And the Eagles have a pretty solid roster. I mean, they just went nine and eight last year. I heard you guys talking about should they really be nine and seven since they didn't play anybody in the final game. Uh, you know, th they were a solid team last year. And so they didn't need a ton of bodies. What they needed was guys that were difference makers. And so to them, as much as I would have valued having the fourth round picks, to them getting a difference maker like Jordan Davis was was more valuable but if you need if you've got a, an older team or if you've got a, a young coaching staff and you're trying to bring in a bunch of bodies maybe you need a volume draft and you need a bunch of picks or if you've just lost a guys in free agency the ravens for instance they loaded up on fourth round picks but i think they had six fourth six, round picks. yeah six they they've lost a bunch of guys to free agency and they knew that if they're going to pay lamar jackson big money coming up they've got to be able to have some young players that they can pay cheap so they loaded up on mid-round picks by design. That's something they wanted. Well, the Eagles, you know, they loved having those resources, and it would have been great to have a fourth-round pick to use on a running back or a safety. But at the end, they said, you know, it's more important for us to get somebody who can be a difference maker. And I go back to – I agree with that philosophy for, for what the Eagles were. You go back to that game against Tampa Bay, and the Eagles had a solid team. Tampa Bay had a solid team, but Tampa Bay had those difference makers. You know, Tom Brady, obviously a quarterback, the defensive lineman they had. You saw when uh, they, they brought their safety down, they just totally shut down the Eagles run game. They just had guys that could make plays and the Eagles didn't have guys who could make plays. And so you needed that element. So Jordan Davis can be a guy who can help you in that regard some this year, but obviously more so in the future. There is a little bit of a give and take, as you mentioned, Tommy. You used the word I, I use all the time, and that's volume. So your volume went down from 10 picks to five, um, and you do get the difference makers, but you don't have the ability to go fill in those holes. Uh, day three, we all thought they were going to take a running back, for instance, you know, sure. with Jordan Howard. Corner being most obvious, safety, uh, very obvious. Um, any concern, the fact that, you know, we're in early May and how we will tell you that they're not playing a game. There's still time, but they had to play a game today. It's Zach McPherson at outside corner, Marcus Epps at safety. Is that, is that possible come week one or do the Eagles have to add, uh, with veteran bodies? Well, it is certainly possible. They, you know, in other words, those guys can be functional players. What we don't know is can they be good players? And you know, we've seen enough from Marcus Epps to know you can put him in safety. You can have a functional defense. You know, when we've seen guys that weren't functional, they're going to have touchdowns left and right. Uh, I, I'm drawing a blank on the cornerback we had going up against the Giants back about 
2010, 2010, maybe it was, it just got burned. Maybe it was Dimitri Patterson, got burned play after play. You just couldn't have him out there and have a functional defense. And so with, with Ebbs, you can't. With McPherson, there's a question we don't know. The Eagles liked him enough to draft him in the fourth round last year. And if you go back to last year, they didn't sign Steven Nelson until the summer. So there yeah. was a thought possibly that the Eagles were willing to go with Zach McPherson as a starter last year. You know, when, when Steve Nelson agreed to sign cheap, they said, all right, we'll go with you and we'll have McPherson learn for a year. Uh, they may want to take a look at McPherson and, and see what he's got. So we'll see. They don't have to make those moves. The, uh, I think Howie did make a, a really relevant point when he talked about, you know, when they have less picks, they've got to have a great class of undrafted players. And I think the Eagles did do a very good job of signing undrafted players. Now, that doesn't mean those guys are going to pan out. They went undrafted for a reason. But as we know, history says if you sign, you know, a, a solid group of undrafted players, you can find talent there. And, and the Eagles have done it over the years. So they, they might have found some potential there. They, they drafted or they signed three corners that all had potential. They added a safety and Reed Blankenship, who has some NFL traits. And then a running back with Kennedy Brooks, the, uh, the young man from Oklahoma. He, he's a very talented player. So they, 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 they added guys that have the potential to, to compete for roster spots. When you say Patterson at corner, I immediately go to Elvis, which, <laughs> which equates to toast. Toast. So, oh, toast. Yeah, there you go. That's a good old school reference. Good, Absolutely. Good Elvis Toast Patterson. All right. Uh, <laughs> let me talk about a guy who's more than just uh, filling a void, and that's Eagles third round draft pick, Nicobe Dean. Um, I would have been very cool with the Eagles taking him in the first round. Shoot, when the Eagles had three first round picks, boy, they made the trades that they made. They did have three, and I thought there was a chance. For the first time since 1979, Jerry Robinson, we're going to refer to him and tell the Eagles take a first-round draft pick, a linebacker. Uh, sorry, Jerry, you got to continue to hear your name. Um, I was good with it. I thought I think he's that talented a player. And for the Eagles to get him in the 80s, we know about the extra information about injuries that came out after the fact. We know he's a little undersized at linebacker, but then again, Aaron Donald was undersized the year he came out, and he didn't go till 13th. And there are 12 teams still bemoaning the fact <laughs> that they didn't call Aaron Donald's name. How big a difference maker can the Kobe Dean be for the Eagles, Jeff? I'm really curious to see how they use him because you know when you the, the standard defense in the NFL these days is, is the nickel defense, which is usually four down linemen, two linebackers. So. When you have two linebackers on the field, I'm curious, are, are they planning on N'Kobe Dean being one of them and Kaiser White being the other? Are they thinking of T.J. Edwards and N'Kobe Dean? Uh, I'm curious where they're, they're planning him to play, a middle linebacker or at weak side. And with his size, he can play their one because 5'11", 229, that, that really, in theory, is more of a weak side linebacker size. But he's a physical enough player that he can play middle linebacker in today's NFL. If this was 1995, and we had the I formation and fullback sitting in play after play. You'd rather him be up about 240. And uh, in, in today's NFL, which is a passing league and then some ISO runs uh, or zone runs, rather, where you can scrape to the football and make tackles, being 229 pounds at middle linebacker is not a huge deal. So he can play either spot. And I, I'm excited to see what he can do. He's, he's a natural leader. He diagnoses plays well. He's smart. He has all the intangibles in the world. This is absolutely a guy you want there. He doesn't have – he's not an explosive athlete. And so that being a little undersized at 5'11", 229, and not being an explosive athlete, that's that's what drove him down. 
and then the questions about the pec injury affected it a little bit. You know, usually when you have a guy who's a little undersized at 5'11", 235 or so, you know, they run 4'5", and so they go test well, and that's when, you know, Tampa's taking guys like that early, the Falcons are taking guys like that, and they've had success with those guys. And, uh, you know, Devin White, uh, Jones, those guys have played really well for their teams. So, Nicobe Dean, the fact that he doesn't have perfect speed, doesn't have perfect size, great value pick in the 80s. I think he can be a real difference maker for the Eagles because he can, he can take the, you know, if you look at TJ Edwards, that's a smart, instinctive linebacker. Well, here's another guy who's got that. He's a better athlete than Edwards is. And I think he's going to be able to make plays all over the field. And he is a playmaker. He, he's, you know, you go back and watch his tape at Georgia and it had what, six and a half sacks. I think I know he had a pick six. He made tackles all over the field. He was able to stuff inside runs. He's a really talented player. He's, he's got a very bright future. And it's exciting that, that, hey, listen, if he had to slide, I'm glad he slid to the Eagles. There you go. Yeah. Uh, we talk about value a lot, and there's no question Nicobe Dean is tremendous value in the third round. I want to talk about the second round, though, because a lot of Eagles fans, I don't want to say upset, but they're wondering why you take a sort of luxury as the potential heir apparent to Jason Kelsey. Now, you go back to 2020, uh, Jalen Hurts was the second round pick. And people said, well, well why are you drafting a quarterback uh, when you have Carson Wentz and you paid him uh, all this money and all of a sudden Jalen Hurts is your starting quarterback. You go back to 2021 and the Eagles take um, an injury potential issue and Landon Dickerson, people are questioning, why are, you, why are you bothering with that? You have immediate needs. Turns out Landon Dickerson, pretty good, pretty early. Stayed healthy, and we'll see if that uh, will will uh, continue long term. Um, and here we are again in 2022, sort of a luxury pick. Today's luxury, though, could be tomorrow's need. Any issues with with Cam Jurgens at uh, 51 overall? Well, let me say this: I love Cam Jurgens, the prospect. You know, he was a fantastic uh, player at Nebraska. Absolutely outstanding athlete, an overachiever, tough, really good blocker, able to do a lot of things. And, you, you know, when you looked at Jason Kelsey, this is a guy who has similar type abilities. So if you wanted an athletic center, you know, Tyler Linderbaum is certainly one. Cam Jurgens is certainly one. And value, he's worth a second-round pick. So that all, that all makes complete sense. I was a little frustrated with it just because um, – at a certain point, you want to invest resources in your offensive line, but you can get by. I mean, think about who was the left tackle when the Eagles won a Super Bowl, right? It was Big V. He was a fifth-round pick. Hala Bati Baitai. I'm glad right. you gave it me was, the It wasn't Jason Peters. Yeah. <laughs> it was Big V. And so, you know, you know, Daniel Jeremiah uh, had, had something he put on Twitter, oh, I don't know, a few months back and talked about, during the playoffs, the, the last few Super Bowl teams, and what had they invested in the first round? And what he found was those offensive lines weren't built with a bunch of first-round picks and not even a bunch of second-round picks. You know, you need one or two key players, your left tackle or your right tackle, and then maybe a key guard. But you also needed to take uh, – you could develop offensive linemen to start. And you could develop those guys with mid-round picks, late-round picks, got rid of UDFA. And 
when you're looking for skill players and difference makers, sometimes those guys, you're, you're, you're much more likely to find them with your high picks. So at a certain point, you're almost over-investing in an offensive line if you spend too many high picks there. That was my concern with Cam Jurgens is the Eagles haven't invested the picks they have in recent years to build up the line. And I sat there and said, you know, he, he will probably start next year. This is almost certainly Jason Kelsey's last year. So he'll take over for Jason Kelsey. He'll be the Eagles center for the next eight to 10 years. If he stays healthy, he'll do a good job. He's a good value pick, but would you have been better to invest that pick in a defensive back? I got to add another running back take to Kobe Dean, who we didn't think would last the third round, any number of things. And then you could, we know Jason Kelsey started as a rookie, right? You can start as a young guy at center. Creed Humphrey started as a rookie for the chiefs and they were an outstanding team this year. You know, so you don't have to start, have be a, a, a veteran, you know, and you don't have to sit for a couple of years to start a center. And we know if you look back in the Eagles history, you know, uh, Hank Fraley was a, an undrafted player. The Eagles brought over from the Steelers practice squad, sat for a year and, and started for the Eagles. Jamal Jackson was a guy that he was on the Eagles practice squad. So he was a young guy that, again, was an undrafted player that the Eagles turned into a starting center for several years. So you can find centers throughout the draft. Now, would those guys have been as good as Jurgens? No. But the question is, and luxury is a good word, is taking Jurgens a luxury so that you go from a star center and Jason Kelsey to a star center in, in Cam Jurgens is that a necessity or is that a luxury? And it, it, and in a certain sense, it is a luxury. How we always talks about how the Eagles believe in building their offensive line. That's all well and good, but you know, at a certain point you have to be careful. Am I investing too much there? And am I, am I missing out on, again, we watched that secondary last year at a certain point was given up what 80% completions, you know, the secondary needed some help. So, yeah, we're building up the offensive line, but what are we going to do about the secondary? Andre so, Satcher, these are legit questions. Andre Saturate to the rescue. We <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go a little optimistic here. Um, season ends. We all get to evaluate the Jalen Hurts season. The only quarterback in the league he needs to take a backseat to in running the football is Lamar Jackson. That's a major uh, value-added trait that he has. Passing needs improvement. The area of the passing needs improvement most accuracy uh, wasn't nearly as accurate as he needs to be if he's going to be a uh, going forward uh, franchise quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Assuming improved accuracy for Jalen Hurts, cross your fingers, Eagle fans, uh, will it be mostly because natural second year as a starter, everybody gets better the more they do it, experience <clears throat> and the like, will it be because of the work he's done this offseason with former major league pitchers as his coaches out there on the West coast in California, or will it because they added a guy like AJ Brown, who Tommy Lawler tells us you need a big guy. Who's not afraid to go over the middle, catch the ball and hold on to the ball. It's probably a combination of all three, but which one would you put on the top of the list? Experience more than anything. There's no question, you know, yeah, and if you go back and look at Donovan McNabb, in 1999, he started, I think, six games. Then in 2000, a lot of people forget, Donovan McNabb was the NFL MVP, the runner-up for the MVP in 2000. But the, the passing game, you know, you had Charles Johnson and, and Torrance Small. The passing game was 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 not good. 
doing the pinky dance if you didn't well, pick up on he, that. That's a, that's a Todd Pinkston he, reference. He was a rookie there, and he only caught 10 passes as a rookie, so he, he wasn't on the field much. And uh, and then in 2001, so Donovan at that point had was in his third year. He had a full he had started a full season, but in 2000 he ran around and made play with his with his legs. And then in 2001, the passing game started to really come alive, and the receivers got a little bit better. Pinkston emerged as as a an effective starter. They brought in James Thrash, and James Thrash actually had a good season in 2001. And uh, and they started to show some progress as a passing offense because McNabb became more accurate. He trusted his receivers. He understood the offense. He understood defenses better. And I think you'll see the same things out of Jalen Hurts, where he started four four games as a rookie. Then last year he started most of the season, and now he's transitioning to his third year. He's going to know the offense better. He's going to know defenses. He's going to have better receivers. One of the keys is, you know, as we were talking pre-draft, there was a lot of talk about would the Eagles get one of these explosive receivers. You know, if you go back and watch, the the deep ball from from Jalen Hurts was not great last year. The place that he needs to to make and the Eagles' offense needs help is making plays after the catch. So let's throw those slants and digs, and let's throw a short pass that's more high percentage, and then let's make plays after the catch. And we know Nick Sirianni is a big believer in that. A.J. Brown can make a huge impact there because if you put the ball anywhere near him, he's going to catch it, and then that's when the play starts for him is when it's in his hands. So he can start making plays, and that can that can lead to uh, offensive efficiency and offensive improvement there from just run after the catch. So I think there will be a, a variety of things that, that come together that make the Eagles passing offense and Jalen Hurts more effective this year. Uh, he is Tommy Lawler. You can follow him on Twitter at Lawler NFL. Read him at Eagles Blitz, I-G-G-L-E-S, blitz.com, scoutsnotebook.com. Tommy, I see you wrote. I'll leave you here with this, my last one. I saw you wrote, wrote about the Eagles rebuilding their personnel department. We know. Uh, Matt Russell, the latest edition coming back, former national scout for the Eagles back in the day, uh, had been John Elway's right-hand man in Denver, played at the university. A great linebacker, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. Matt Russell back in the day. A um, lot of attrition, we know, uh, and and Howie Roseman's going to be on the Jacob Media YouTube network today at 12.15, so everybody stay tuned for that. Um, you know, it's a good thing. I would think when other organizations covet your people, uh, it indicates, you know, they think they're trained well, they think they're ready. Um, it's, it's kind of something that it's difficult to gauge when you lose an Ian Cunningham or Brandon Brown, a Catherine race, and you bring in Charles Walls and Matt Russell, and we'll see who else, but how do you frame <laughs> How do you frame these changes and and all the upheaval in the personnel department for the Eagles? Well, people are getting promotions, so that's a good thing. If they were leaving because they weren't happy, then you'd have a problem. So Howie's hired well, and he's trained well, and there's no question Howie knows how to run a front office. You look at his ability um, to work with a cap. And that's not so much him as the, the cap staff that he's that he assembled for the Eagles. They know how to structure contracts wisely. You know, with trades, he knows how to trade with all of the other 31 teams. He's worked out trades involving the draft and drawing players. 
So he knows how to run a front office. There's a lot to learn from him. I'm sure Joe Douglas would tell you, being in Baltimore, he learned a lot about how to run a draft. But being in Philadelphia and working for Howie, you learn another side of things. So there's a lot of value to coming to Philadelphia. Uh, you do, it, it, you're a victim of your own success, just like teams that draft well and it can't resign all their players and those players leave in free agency. It's the same thing. You're a victim of your own success. And I think how we bring in, you know, Charles Walls, who we've heard reported, we have, it's not official uh, from Cleveland would be a good hire. Matt Russell's an interesting hire. Uh, there's been some other talk of some other guys, nothing's official yet. And, um, and, and I think one of the things that's smart is as he brings some of these people in, you know, Matt Russell has been around the league for a long time, has a lot of connections. One of the things how he's really good at is having connections around the league so that he knows what's going on with other teams. And that allows him to, to have good trade partners and to have a sense of what teams are going to do. And part of that is gathering information. And, and one of that, you know, so he had Tom Donahoe for years. Well, Donahoe knew just about everybody in the NFL because yeah. he was such a long time you know, a personnel guy. You know, he's had uh, uh, one of the Mueller, was it Randy Mueller? Was it with the team for a little bit? Uh, Rick. Randy, Rick, okay. friend of the and show, then, uh, Randy's <laughs> brother, Rick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, you know, now he's got uh, Dave Caldwell, formerly of the Jaguars. So he brings in people that have some interesting connections and that allows him to have a feel for what's going on around the league. And so that way you have a, a feel of, you know, who's going to fall where in the draft, what pl- kind of plans can make. That doesn't mean that you're going to draft well by hiring these guys. It just means that you have a good, good feel for what's going on with the other teams and you can use their connections. And then, you know, occasionally you bring in outside ideas and maybe they see something you don't, they know something you don't. And, uh, and I think how we would tell you, you know, that, listen, it, nobody is, is a guru that knows everything. So if you can bring in a lot of smart people and, and listen to their brains, listen to their opinions, pick their brains, you know, you have a, a, a chance to build up a consensus and try to figure out what the best moves are for your team. One of our better moves is when we ask Tommy Lawler to hop on Birds 365 with us. Check out his website, post some great Eagle content a couple times a week. That's Eagles, I-G-G-L-E-S, Blitz.com. Tommy, good stuff as always. We appreciate it whenever you join us. Thanks, bud. We'll get back in touch soon enough. Always good to talk Irving Fryer, Christy Jones, and Ellis Patterson. Christy, mm-hmm. underrated Eagle wide receiver, Christy Jones. <laughs> totally. If not for he, that knee he injury, he'd, the... have been, he'd, he'd have been so good. Uh, could, yeah, Irv, Irv drew a lot of attention. That's why Christy was able to make some plays every once in a while. Uh, great stuff, Tommy. Thank you much for coming on. Take care, fellas. Tommy Lawler here with us on Birds 365. All right, Mac and Mac coming back. We got to put a bow on the show. And once again, tell you, we got a big <clears throat> guest coming up here. of life. 
First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, IBEW98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Down the home stretch of this Wednesday edition of Arch 365 with McMullen and McDonald. Uh, Howie Roseman scheduled to jump aboard the channel about two hours and 15 minutes from now. So don't even think about logging off. You wouldn't do that because you forget to log back on. You're going to miss Howie Roseman. No, you're not. You're going to keep it uh, right here. Um, I, I, I'm wondering when we're going to get somebody from the Eagles on, John McMullen. They, these are your guys. You go down there. You see these guys. These are, these are, these are, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm figuring we got a shot. Now, th- th- just feel free to tell me I'm overreaching here. If I do that, I apologize no, well, in advance. No, and uh, Nick, yeah. Nick might be a little tough. He's head coach, new guy. They protect him a little bit. But you're on a first initial basis with the defensive coordinator. You yeah. and JG are like this. Well, can the Eagles. Not, can you not make that happen? Do you have uh, uh, whose yeah. whose butt do you have to kiss to get that <laughs> done? To get the Eagles' defensive coordinator here on Birds three sixty five is he a uh, late sleeper? Is that why we haven't had um, Jonathan um, Gannon no, on yet? He's, he's definitely not a late sleeper. Uh, definitely not his problem. Um, yeah, how do I say this politically? I I don't know if I can say it politically, so I'm going to turn the page. Uh, you know, when you ask harder questions, it becomes harder. I'll just say that. How's that? Right. Uh, but neither one of us have has crushed Jonathan Gannon. They, he's taking a hell of a lot more heat from a lot of other corners than from either John McMullen or Jody McDonald. Oh, I'd like JG. We've I, been yeah, more defenders know, people, than detractors. Yeah. yeah, I 
I like him personally. I'm surprised he's not a head coach in this league. Um, coordinators, though, you know, are really, you know, generally the Eagles don't want them talking. You don't, you don't see the coordinators on even WIP or anything no. like that. So that's just sort of organizational uh, structure. I do want to say, yeah. I don't know but where I got that personal relationship could, yeah. could exceed well, those because, boundaries. Because because Howie uh, is going to be on the Jake Media YouTube channel twelve fifteen today. I'll talk about this another day. I'm trying to I'm trying to steer away from it uh, today, but I'll explain it another day. How's that, Jake? Right, and right. I don't know where I got. By the way, I want to go back. I don't know where I got that Thanksgiving thing. That didn't leak. I don't, I don't know where I got that. So No, the only thing I saw, and I looked it up the same as you, there's heavy speculation that Detroit will get Miami on Thanksgiving. Yeah. This year it's a – because one team's got to play an AFC team every year for television purposes because the road team dictates where yeah. the game is going to be broadcast. And the Cowboys played an AFC team last year, so it's the year turn for the Lions to play yeah. an AFC team. And the Dolphins and the Bills, I think, are the two AFC teams they're playing. And the Bills have played on Thanksgiving two of the last three years. If they do it again, it'll be three out of the last four years. They're probably not going to do that. So Miami-Detroit is a heavy speculation, not official. Thursday can't come soon enough for me because I am sick of these. Uh, I keep getting these emails about schedules, and I'm like, I don't care. Just uh, it, it's it's very frustrating. But – the league does a good job. You're going to care if you got to go down to Dallas for Thanksgiving. Well, if I got to go, I got to go. There's nothing I can do. Control what you can control. I'm being, a, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. Um, but this uh, incessant. Uh, JM, don't worry. I'll go over and have Thanksgiving dinner with your wife. Uh, <laughs> give, give her somebody to cook for it. So yeah, you're not it's going to go there. over well. This is the life we've chosen, as I said, Jody. If I got to uh, go. How's, how's that fly when you try and float that? Does not fly well. In the McMullen household. Has not flown well for yeah, two I, decades, will not continue to fly I didn't well. think so. Same yeah. here in the McDonald household. All right, partner. Uh, we will stay tuned. Howie Roseman coming up in just over two hours from now here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. We got a couple of guests already booked for tomorrow, including Jimmy Kemsky. And uh, I'm going to be talking to some Eagles players today. So we'll have some news. I don't oh, know. Who, have they but... given you any? Le- nope. Speaking of leaking, we keep leaking out no. the the schedule information. Have the Eagles leaked any names as to who might be available for no. you today? Just some veteran players could be. Uh... Is it going to be the same time that Howie's here on the channel? Yes. Same time. Same they time. do you no favors down there. They do. They do, they do no favors. They, no they, favors. They, they, they make your life a living heck. All right. Uh, you make my life easier. Thank you, buddy. I'll be back here tomorrow. How about you? I will be here. Give me and- the two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365. The destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.